0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: welcome to The Art of Flourishing. My name is Lauren De Silva and I'm your host. Today we're joined by Laurie Benet who is a wife and mom from the deep south of Canada, Windsor, Ontario. She is a heart-centered life coach and an anointed to soul emotional healing coach who has a passion to help parents empower their children to find their potential and purpose. While building her business to impact family, she has been employed as a dental hygienist for 25 years, where she has grown skills in quickly diffusing emotional situations with children from a young age into adulthood. She is now taking this valuable experience into her world of coaching and assisting parents in the sometimes difficult arena, which lights her up as she loves to see children and young people thrive in their well-being. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lori. Thank you for having me. And everyone listening, Laurie is also a contributing author to the Art of Flourishing trilogy. Um, and she contributed an essay into the On Earth as it he- is in heaven book, where she shares about her passion um, for young people and for families in particular um, and living a life that is not dominated by the checklists of our culture. Um, but rather by the values and purpose of each individual family and I guess more specifically the individuals in that family Um, and so I'm very excited for us to chat to Lori about this passion of hers and the work that she does in the world but also about who she is as a person. Um, Lori, I was wondering if you could be so kind as to just tell us a little bit about your backstory. So there's life coach, emotional healing coach, dental hygienist, mother, all in the deep south of Canada. Can you tell us a little bit about how you, how life started and kind of what led you to where you are today?
0: Um, Sure. So uh, I just um, have had, a passion, as long as I can remember, um, for my kids to um, thrive in what it is that that is um, their strengths rather than things that might be put on them from the outside or what people might think you should do or could do um, according to how well they did in school or if they weren't very strong in school. So that's been a passion of mine for a long time, and that's... Um, I think where a lot of this stems from, uh, when I, my kids were younger, I actually um, had quite a few friends who, um, friends, family, just people that I was in contact with who were either stay at home moms or they homeschooled. And myself, I was a working mom, as you can tell, because I've been working for 25 years in the, uh, the dental field. So, um, It wasn't something that I felt called to be. I didn't feel that I was supposed to be at home with my kids at that time. But that being said, it was really important to me um, to see them flourish in the way that they should. And one thing that I saw with these stay-at-home moms was the fact that they were able to, especially if they were homeschooling, they were able to kind of tailor their teaching to what their children's strengths were so that became really important to me and I wasn't quite sure how it was going to look or how I was going, um, to do that. But I, um, just being uh really intentional about, um, seeing who they were was how we achieved that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, you know, watching, um, what it is that lit them up, what lights them up still, um, what it is that, uh, they were strong in and, um, things that they struggled with and maybe why they struggled with it. That's where the emotional part comes into because there are things from our past and things, you know, that um, come down through the generations, unfortunately, that sometimes we have to deal with. But um, it's just been amazing the last couple years, even how these different things have come together for me to be able to um, see as my kids are becoming teenagers, to be able to see what might help them further um, as far as, you know, healing from some of these hurts that they've had from the past or even things that have come uh, through the family line in some way. Um, we can even see it in ourselves, you know, something that we might be struggling with that is tends to be something that we've seen in others in our families, right? Mm-hmm. Um so there it's just all different aspects. but um, one really important thing is, as I said, definitely, Watching our kids, understanding our kids, and unfortunately, watching the communication breakdown that has been happening over the last several years, you just see how there's just such a lack of communication, and that's just so important to knowing who they are. Because if we're not communicating and not spending that time, it's very hard, difficult to see mm. to it, right? Mm.
1: I really love your vision for families. Um which is a really hopeful vision. And I think in particular for women or families where um, for whatever reason, women have chosen not to homeschool or not to stay at home with their children full time. Um, like I, I love the template that you have lived and created through your life and are able to impart into other families where um, public schooling or other schooling alternatives, um, like that, that is not a hindrance necessarily to children discovering who they are, discovering what their purpose is and discovering what lights them up. Um, whereas I think like, I, I know I, I also have a lot of really amazing friends who've chosen to homeschool or stay at home full-time with their fat with their children. That's not my choice either. Um, my children go to an incredible school. My children have been to public school. Um, and I, have also like I have personally felt the tug like in making those decisions going, oh, if I one of the pros of me choosing to homeschool would be that I get to tailor their education to who they are. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the cons of sending them to a school um, would like in my mind at the time was, oh, I don't know if we're going to be able to or if they're going to be able to flourish for who they are rather than forced into a box, you know, and I just love um, in speaking to you in reading your chapter of the vision that you kind of cast or the picture that you paint for a world where, um, your choice when it comes to schooling does not necessarily need to be a hindrance to your children becoming all that they are and all that they're called to be. Um, and so I was wondering if you could share, like you've shared a little bit about, um, like noticing what lights them up. You've shared a little bit about um, communication within the family and relationship building within a family. Can you share just a little bit, like from your experience, what does it look like for a family or parents within a family to really lean into, we're going to help our children shine. We're going to help our children shine for who they are versus who the world kind of wants them to be. Like, can you just share, just tell us a little bit more about that. Um, whatever jumps to mind first about like, what does that look like within a family um, that's kind of still within mainstream education, but at the very same time, kind of kicking up against the status quo, um, the checklists is kind of how you worded it in your essay.
0: Um,
1: can you tell us more about that?
0: Right, yes. So. I think with, um, we just really need to uh, take, well, I guess for one thing, if we, if I touch on checklists a little bit, there seems to be so much pressure, um, especially where I'm from and I'm sure a lot of it, it may be different pressures in different areas, but none, you know, where the, a lot of emphasis is put on say, sports for instance right We mm-hmm. where it's a very um hockey is a huge thing in this area so i can use that as an example you know and you see um so many people are so involved and that's wonderful sports are amazing there's great things that they can learn from sports and whatnot but uh, the one thing that um saddens me i guess is when i see because i speak to a lot of kids and teens and all the rest of it but you know i see all the things that they do Um, on an extracurricular type way and all of that. But when push comes to shove and they get to um, where they have a decision to make of what they might want to do, they don't really know much else. So I think it's just so important to help our kids be a little bit more well-rounded, right? Like, I mean, it's wonderful to be involved in sports and all the things that we can see. And there are definitely things that you can actually pick up on from, say, playing sports. Are they someone who's a bit more of a leader? Are they a little bit quieter? Are they, you know, um, and not even just talking about sports? What are other things that they enjoy doing? And sometimes you might even have to encourage them to do that. Uh, I can use my son for an example. Actually, when he was young, we saw that just from observation, I guess, that music was something and that he was artistic. He loved to create things. So just as a tangible example, there were – That was just something that stayed in my mind. I know he likes to create things. I also could see that there was something about music that he liked. And we look at ourselves because my husband loves, loves music. And a lot of times there are similarities, right? Mm -hmm. So not that we want to make our children into ourselves, but that being said, there are still cues that we can get, right, from Mm -hmm. um, things that we may enjoy doing or we see that they enjoy that we're doing. And so I basically, he was struggling quite a bit in school and I was like, I need to see what can we give him that he will be good at, that will help to build his self-esteem because that can be really a tough thing, right? Mm. And um, so we tried music and for a little bit, he tried piano and he was doing okay, but it was actually making school more difficult because he was quite young at the time. So I said, you know maybe we should just table this for a minute. So we just, we left it for a little bit. And then when he started to, we started to get him some help with school and everything else. That's another story. But, um, as we went back and I, I was, I could just see, we need to try this music thing again. So I said to him, Hey buddy, you know, I really think that music is something that you have a gift for and just by observing things, right? And watching him. And um, so I said, what if we try something, you know? I'm going to just say, you can try any instrument you want. If you want to do vocals, anything you want to do. But let's just try it. And at first he really struggled. Like there were times, I shouldn't say he struggled. He was actually not bad. But he felt he should be able to do it because that was Mm. his personality. And I said, okay, well, we have to stick with it. You need to give yourself a chance here, you know, and just encourage them in what they are doing well at. So that they're like, okay. And he did push through. And then once he got to this other side where he, okay, now I can play songs. It became very enjoyable to him. And now he's an amazing drummer. But it, it was just like, sometimes we have to, be observant and say, okay, yes, this is something that they're strong at. Yeah, they might have to work a little bit at it because it doesn't, just because you're strong at it doesn't mean that, bam, you know how to do it, right? We have to learn. But to to be able to watch for those cues and, like I said, things in us that, you know, kind of light us up may light them up too, but we have to be really careful not to put it on to them either. Does right. that make sense?
1: <laughs> yeah. I think what I'm kind of hearing is um, you, like, talking about how, like we like when you talk about watching for cues that we can we can watch for cues from our culture, or we can watch for cues from our children um, our family culture um and our family values as well, and I think where a lot of us as parents kind of get it wrong, um and I use that word very tentatively because i ha- I don't like you like labeling things or judging them in that way necessarily, but um, where we might miss the mark, I guess, is that we we take our direction from our culture. Our culture says that we need to raise accomplished sportsmen and women, that we need to, um, everyone needs to get like straight A's on their report cards and they need to, you know, gravitate towards certain more prestigious, culturally acceptable pursuits, you know, whereas um, like a child may not necessarily excel in a, on a sports field. And they may actually have their confidence like trampled on, you know, no pun intended on the sports field, but may really excel um, and flourish in a music room, for example. Um, And I think, you know, as a parent, what I'm thinking about now is the work required on the parent's part to be, I mean, it's one thing to kind of encourage your child to go against the grain of our culture to kind of push against the status quo and carve your own path. But I think that that's incredibly difficult for a parent who does not know how to do that or does not have the confidence to do that for themselves or you know like I feel th- I feel like or my I'm sensing that there may need to be a battle that needs to be won in the heart of the parent against culture and what culture says is valuable or not valuable. Can you speak a little bit into that um Like what what kind of work as parents do we need to do when we're we're encouraging our children or when we're thinking about encouraging our children to do what's right for them versus what the culture says is necessary to be successful in life? Um,
0: I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's so true. We we need to do work on ourselves first. Um, I mean, obviously... We don't want to wait until we're all good before we start sure. um, encouraging. But we need to, to realize and understand that it's so much healthier to, to have your family um, moving in the direction that's healthy for them. Not just what you feel everything around you is dictating. And once you get a taste of it, I think that's what will drive you. Mm-hmm. Because once you start to do that, a little bit of heart work and just say, you know, what is all of this doing for me to just follow what seems to be the what everyone thinks that we should be doing, you know, um, running from morning till night doing this and that and the other thing. And it may not even be something that as you spoke to as well for instance, a sports team or whatever, that might not be my child's strength, but yet we're going and going and putting out a bunch of money too, to be Mm. totally frank about it, and something that you're not going to receive the return. Um, So we do have to do that work, inner work ourselves and find um, why is it that I feel that we need to do this? Why, Why is it that I feel I need to Um, you know, follow the lead of culture, I guess. Mm. Right? And what can this do for me to step back and look and say, "Hey," and you know, even talk like talk to your kids about it. I've had times where sometimes I'm like making something a big deal, and I'll just be like, "Maybe I should just talk to my kids about it and see how they feel." And they'll, you know, that's not even something they really want to be doing. Well you know what? So if you're in a session of something, I'm all for finishing out what we're doing. But you know what? If they really hate it, I might not even push them any further. But if we've gotten into something, yeah, it's a good idea to finish it out. Mm -hmm. Because it's just, it's good. But I think sometimes we just go through the motions and we don't really take a look at it and say, this this isn't serving us well. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, And maybe that makes it sound too simplified, but I think sometimes we don't think about the symbol. We don't think about, Oh, maybe I should talk to my kids on this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, are you guys happy in what you're doing? Like, is there something that you would rather do? Um, or, but as you said, though, we do, we need to look at ourselves and, and see why are we, and maybe get involved with, you know, a community of people who, which I've found has helped me a lot, who are okay with, doing things differently. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's just having those people around you, um, and supporting each other and knowing, and for myself, faith is a big thing. So yeah. I, I, I look into the Bible and what God wants me to do, you know, and, and pray and things like that. But, um, I just, uh, I think that's really important really important
1: to do that hard work too. Yeah. I, um, as a, as a non-American living in the United States, um, one of the, I guess one of the big blessings of being an outsider culturally speaking is that a lot of what uh, our friends here in the U S take for granted as life. Like this is just how life is. Like we take a step back and go, what on earth are you guys doing You know, and like one of the things that just really baffles us, like is the, for example, the sports scheduling and how conflicting it is to family bonding time. And so we're in our culture, the time of the day or the times of the week that in our culture, we are are set aside to bond and spend time together and nurture family relationships um, in our community here in Waco is spent on the sports field or on the side of the sports field. And, yeah. um, one of that for us became like, as people, as our kids kind of started getting to that age where they, I guess in, in the, in a Texan culture, it's, it's about time that they got involved in sports, you know, <laughs> um, like uh-huh. we were able to like have conversations like, no, uh, there's like to us doing making that cho- saying that yes to a sports team would be saying no to our like home team for example our family um and so to us the to choose to get our children involved in sports would be to choose to to to, to do detriment to our family family unit and so that that was actually what the choice became for us and i guess i well i don't guess i, I guess i know it's a lot easier for us as south africans to go we don't care about the cultural norm on this one because we haven't got a lot of invested necessarily into fitting in. But, um, I think what it taught me so much about how many decisions we kind of don't even make, like you said, about going through the motions, because a lot of my American friends were just like, well, that's just what life is. You just get your kids involved in these sports and then you to pick one or two sports every season. And then that's what we're doing every weekend. And that's what we're doing at eight o'clock at night, you know? Um, whereas that would be like unheard of where we're from um and would cause you to stop and really think and kind of take stock of what really is important to you um and your family before you just like push push them into something like that and um like I just something came to mind when you mentioned talking to your kids um we we were kind of talking to our kids about something, and my daughter, my oldest daughter is not very old, she's nine. Um, and I remember kind of giving her a hard time about something that was very important to me. And I like, it, it ha- may have had something to do with what she was wearing to church or what she was wearing to go eat out or something like that, you know. And I remember kind of being like, hey, don't you want to, you know, change out into something, you know, a little bit more in my mind appropriate? And I don't know what words I used, but she turned around and she looked at me and she said, Mom, looking a certain way is important to you, not to me. I don't tell mm. you what to wear. <laughs> you know, like, I'm happy with what I'm wearing. I feel comfortable. Um, and looking a certain way does not matter that much to me. And I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> okay, you're right. Like, I'm I'm trying to, like, put my, my values or my, I guess, and then in, in having her say that to me caused me to step back and go, I'm not just putting my values onto her. I'm putting my fear. I am trying to get her to kind of cooperate with me so that I don't have to feel scared so that I can fit in at church or whatever it is. I can't even remember where it was, we were going. Um, mm. And it was just one of those moments. I'm like, man, like how many other things are we just going through the motions on um, that are actually not even our values that are, they are our fears. They are our, it is our shame or they are our wounds or the things that we're carrying with us. Um, that have nothing to do with where we want to go with our future or who we want to be as people or how we are aspiring to raise our kids, but are just like a cultural set of expectations, the checklists that you talk about, um, keeping us on the straight and narrow, but aren't really serving us at the end of the day or I guess in the long term. Um, Shifting gears just a little bit, uh, Laurie, I was wondering if you would be able to share with us like what is a glimpse into your family life or into your life as a mother or a woman that feels like flourishing to you? Um, What moment, ordinary moment of everyday life is like, oh man, this is the stuff. This is what it's all about.
0: I think one of the things, because creating a safe space for my kids is huge for me. Um, to know, and I think you touched on it to know that your kids um, will will look inward for things um, mm-hmm. into the home for things rather than outside for validation or um, or answers. So so having that safe space is really important. So I think one of the things that really like, lights me up is when my kids come to me my teens
1: (laughs) they're Mm, teens now that's a big deal when they
0: (laughs) come when they come to me when they go inward to either share something that's great that's happened uh, because they want me to know or to come to me for something they're struggling with rather than looking outside because we know what that what can, that that can turn into. That can be a whole bunch of mm-hmm. not good. <laughs> yeah. And we and we want to know. We want to be on the inside. We want to know, at least for myself, um, to know what's happening and to know when there's things that are difficult and to know that it's a safe space to come to me, even if it's something that I might not really want to hear, but I need to know, mm-hmm. right? So um, creating that safe space and, and knowing that it's there because, now they're using it mm. to me that's flourishing um one area anyway yeah so that's that's really important to me and what I love about
1: your work with families is that the, creating a safe place like this is I think one of the biggest misconceptions about this kind of relationship for example that you can have with your kids is that we think of something like like when we say creating a safe place in our home in our relationships or with our children, we think of it as like this really airy-fairy, ethereal, accidental, like it's an accident that those kinds of things happen, that either they do or they don't, and it's just about luck. Um, and I think there are some things that we can't really control, but what I what is really encouraging to me um, is that as far as relationships go, that all of this is stuff that we can actually learn to do um, and get better at over time, and so when what I love about your work is like you share about communication as being a pillar of your work, learning to communicate effectively in your relationships and and communicate with your children in a way that you feel you are heard, excuse me, and that they are heard as well, and that they feel understood, um, and building relationships with them, setting setting time aside um, to actually nurture closeness with your children that, that 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 is not something that you like necessarily feel like doing or don't feel like doing but it's a set of skills or tools that you can learn and get better at using over time which I think is very encouraging um, and I guess should be an encouragement to us as parents that if it's something that we want to achieve in our parenting then there are actually steps that we can take and help that we can recruit like for example with someone like you uh, to help us get to that place with our kids, which is really awesome, Laurie. I was I was wondering if you could um, kind of on the subject of tools um, and skills and practices. One of the things that we're doing on the podcast is we are collecting soul gardening skills or flourishing practices. And so I was, what we're doing is we're asking each guest to share one or their favorite soul gardening skill or flourishing practice or anything that's really made a difference in their lives for us and so would you be so kind as to share with us what you think needs to be in our flourishing toolkit i think a
0: massive one um that has great impact on our communication as we're talking about communication and it is a huge pillar because I think without it, we're, we're in trouble. <laughs> so, um, is, and it may sound cliche, but speak life, um, speak life over yourself, over your family and in your mind as well, because if we are speaking negative or having negative thoughts and One thing that I always (laughs) caveat that with is not just speaking positive things because you can speak positive things that aren't accurate, but you need to find those things that are accurate. And even if there's something that comes to you that might be um, a negative about something that's happening or something that your child did or whatever, try to find something positive in the situation and speak that. And when there are things that they do that are really good or that, Let's focus on them for a minute, but um, that you speak that to them because it will, I've even seen probably the last couple years where I've been more intentional about this and I've seen changes. I've seen my kids become more open with me and it's just, and it's also having that respect back and forth when you also need to respect them mm. um, to receive respect. But speaking life is massive. Mm. Um, trying to avoid the Obviously we have to I'm not saying not to um we have to discipline and all the rest of it has nothing to do with that. It's finding the positive where we can find the positive and speaking that over them mm-hmm. because it'll do wonders for your relationship and it'll do also wonders for um eliminate or decreasing self doubt yeah. <laughs> and decreasing their self doubt when they know. Because we can all think back to um, something that someone has said either positive or negative or both. Back to our childhood, I'm sure. i mean sure everyone yeah. has things in their mind that still play over to this day. So if we could think about what an effect it would have for them to be getting these true pieces of positive statements spoken over them. I know things that have stayed with my kids that a certain teacher has spoken over them and they still, and I still remember it. So it's just knowing those, um, t- just you know, speaking it to them, letting them know, and and even as I said to ourselves too, yeah. because we do need to do that inner work as well. Yeah. So,
1: I think that like I think of if we think of any other relationship, with a spouse, with a friend, with a colleague, with a acquaintance, like we would not hang around too long if we could help it or we would definitely distance ourselves emotionally from an overly critical person like we would instinctively pull away from someone who just never had anything positive or good to say it was always critical criticizing um you know us themselves or whatever and i think that as parents and i'm definitely guilty of this as well Like we we fail to see that our relation, the same principles that kind of govern what makes a healthy relationship outside of parenting are the same principles that can help us inside of parenting. And if we want children, our children to draw nearer to us, we we can't be that person who's just always overly critical, always got something negative to say, always discouraging, you know? Um, And so just, you're so right, like just looking for what's good calling out what's good and using what's good to encourage. I think aside from being such a gift, just like it's a gift to us, right? When someone calls something good out to us, that's true, um, is a gift to our kids and can be and can be something that draws them nearer to us rather than pushes them away. I love that. Thank you so much. And it's also so good for us to watch ourselves talk. Um, and something I've learned as well is that overly critical people in my life are, are harder on themselves than they are on me or the people around them. And that aside from the damage that we do to the people around us when we're overly critical, I think that when we catch ourselves hopping on the negative with the people around us, that that should be a huge red flag for how we are probably talking to ourselves. Um, because that's not okay either. Laurie, as we kind of um, end the call today, the episode today, would you mind leaving some words or a piece of literature, whether that be a quote from a song, a poem, a book, whatever it is, um, just a word, words of encouragement that you'd like to leave with us um, and share what they mean to you.
0: I think when I was um, thinking on this, uh, something that's been coming to me over and over again because I keep talking about kids, but that's what lights <laughs> me up. So, um, is actually a, a scripture from Proverbs uh, 31, and it's talking about uh, a woman. And so it's Proverbs 31:25 to 28, and it says she's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. And this is my part. <laughs> her chi- her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. And I just think that, um, that statement in particular just makes me think because oftentimes, and sometimes it'll take a little bit of time and I, you know, I'm, I get reality with kids and whatnot, but, um, a real testament to who you've been as a parent is when one day your kids can come back and say, and look past the negatives or things that, you know, they may have been found difficult in the way that you parented, but if they can see those things in the way that what you did and how you parented them and rise up and, and, and lift you up as a person, it's amazing. Mm. It's an amazing gift.
1: So. I agree. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Laurie, and thank you so much for sharing your work with us. Thank you so much for sharing your vision for family, but also for our children and their futures in your chapter on in on Earth as it is in heaven. Um, you're a blessing to the world. You're a blessing to my world, and thank you so much for the work that you're doing in it to make it better. I appreciate you.
0: Thank you so much for having me, and I appreciate you as well. Thank you, I It's been wonderful. Have the best day. You too.